here every week, you know that we don't usually have a Honduras team presenting music, and we also don't usually have what we're about to do now, which is letting them share a few stories of their time while we were there in Honduras. If you don't like it, well, it's only gonna happen once, so I'm sorry. If you do, then don't worry, maybe next year when we send a team out somewhere place else, we'll get to do this again. But today, we're gonna let the Lord speak to us through what, basically what the Holy Spirit was doing in the lives of the people that got to go to Honduras. Uh, we had a theme verse this year for all of Impact, for all the teams, and so the Honduras team also picked up on that theme verse. It's Ephesians 5, 14. Awake, sleeper, rise from your grave, and Christ will shine on you. As you go through life, and I think the older we get, I think the more we realize that we don't know. <laughs> the, more, the more we realize we don't know, also the more we realize that there is certain sense, there's certain brokenness, there's certain pain in this world that's unavoidable. Perhaps when you're younger, you have illusions that you're going to be invincible and that nothing bad will ever happen. I think the older we get, the more we realize that we are in deep need of someone to call and come to us and call us out of the brokenness that can call us into a life that even can surpass death. And as Christians, as we do this, we are promised a second phase in which then we are a reflection of what Christ is doing. We become, t we become something like the... the, the uh, the moon, as the sun reflects light off of, of the, as the moon reflects light from the sun, we too as Christians, as we're called to life, it says Christ will shine on you, and that, that will be a visible expression for other people who are still deep in their graves and living life without the hope and the promise that they can thrive, both now and forevermore, even amidst the brokenness. When we travel to other places in the world, part of what we get to do with Impact is see people who are, quote unquote, in the trenches in different places in the world. The trenches look a little different based on where you are. But then we come back and realize that there are plenty of trenches right here in Los Angeles in which we are also are called uh, to do the hard work of kingdom, kingdom building, the hard work of partnering with what Christ is doing here and now. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna invite up uh, some of the, the team, and they're going to share, basically, um, this, is, this is the sentence that they're going to be sharing with you. Through my time in Honduras, I was awakened too. And then they're going to, there's a dot, 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 and they're going to fill in that answer for you. So they're going to have a time to share on, on a story or a moment that stuck out to them. They're going to share a little bit about what that helped them see. And that, that could be personal, but that could also be something about the church. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they'll also push on us a little bit as a church and what they brought back. And if they don't push hard enough, then I'll push a little bit when they're done. So um, we didn't decide who would go first. So let's just go ahead and have Kirk come on up. <laughs> we'll have Kirk come up. And we'll give you uh, the mic here, Kirk. And again, the question I asked each of them was, through your time in Honduras, uh, give, me, give me one of the major ways that you were awakened. What were you awakened to? And so, Kirk, this is your answer. And we have a mic that might be working. There you go. Sorry. Thanks. Um, my dot, dot, dot is uh, uh, I learned about living simply in community. Um, the people of Honduras just example after example. One of the 
the ones that I think struck both Patty and myself was we went and visited uh, Doña Santana, who lives a good half an hour walk away from the closest road. <laughs> um, she travels that twice a day. She's 86. Um, she lives in uh, a house that's probably a quarter or a fifth the size of the stage. Um, there's not much to it. Uh, when we walked up, she had a lot of wood, um, presumably that kept her warm in the night. There was essentially open, kind of open air, uh, no windows. There was gaps in the uh, between the roof and the whatnot. But she, and she had not much decorating her wall except a certificate that said, "This is when I was baptized in the church." Um, and for me, that was the living simply part. She lived an extremely simple life but her life was dedicated to Christ. And she was faithful coming to church. She was always one of the first people there, <laughs> getting there. Um, but for me, it was just, that was part of the living simply. Um, it was just an example. And for, for us, I think for Patty and I, we've started to go home and it's like, go and try and do this again, you know, is just to cut out remembering everything uh, to disciple everyone into Christ. Is this thing that we have in our home that we're storing does it have to do something with uh, discipling people into Christ or with running our household, or is it just junk? And if it's just junk, then get rid of it. Give it to somebody who can use it, sell it, whatever we need to do with it. Uh, in community, for me, probably the one that struck, just made it, uh, uh, brought it home was just how Delmi is like, she's really one of those superhero people who, uh, she spends an, Im an immense amount of time um, discipling um, in going to schools and everything else. And as we were leaving, she was crying because uh, we were leaving. But you just realize she catches buses to get to where we were so that she could catch a ride. Sure. She goes to these very remote places. It takes us half an hour, 45 minutes, just to drive there while we're bouncing around on roads like this, okay, in a car. Um, but she found these places and served these places faithfully throughout the year. And for me, for I think, again, for Patty and I, the challenge was, you know, we spend a lot of time doing a lot of stupid stuff, like watching TV and whatnot. And there's a lot of we can be doing to serve God. And um, the challenge for us is to start peeling away those things that waste our time and instead be doing everything to disciple everyone. That's what I walked away with. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, yeah, that's great, Kirk. And that was a good challenge. I don't have to say anything more. That was good. Um, Bahish, why don't you come up next? No. You want me to do next? Oh, then Ramsey, come on up. I did, I did, there is an order, huh? I don't remember it. Thanks. Uh, what was the prompt again? <laughs> In Honduras, you were awakened to? Okay. Um, so what I was kind of awakened to the most was um, to see that the Honduran people are like a a big community of doers. Um, they don't just talk about doing stuff, they actually like take action and do it. 
kind of one of the, the craziest, the coolest things I saw was uh, during the convention. Uh, there was a youth convention one weekend, um, and they had like how many students? Three hundred. Two hundred, and then all the volunteers, and they they fed us like this this big plate of food, and it wasn't just like a snack; it was like a big plate of food, and. Um, they had this one kitchen that was just like cranking out these plates of food and I was like how how are they doing this like this is insane it's like delicious tasty food and it's it's so much food and I don't know how you know how they're making it um, and I was just like would that happen at a church in the United States like could they do this could they pull this off would we just talk about it and not actually do it um, so that was kind of one of the coolest things that that I saw is that everyone Everyone works together to accomplish things, and they're very deliberate about about taking action. Um, also, I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah, but also kind of going off of what Jonathan said last week about their community comes from like very need based, right? They need each other. They rely on each other, like physically, mentally, and spiritually. Um, and you know, we don't quite as much have that here. We don't have quite that big need. Um, so I like what he said last week about finding the inspiration for our communities. Like, why do we need to come together to to um, be together and to kind of like live life together? So I think something we should do. Cool. Thank you. Yay, Ramsey. Yeah, as, as we were talking about this a couple of days ago, I, it really struck me that he had made a great point as we were talking, that no matter what we're going to do moving forward as a church, I think it only happens if, like you see in other places, everybody understands a certain amount of internal initiative or internal um, motivation to do it together. You know, if, if a couple people in the church, leaders, a pastor and a couple leaders say, let's do this, um, it will not be that, that form of impact that you see in other places. It's different when everybody else is more asking how to fit in and where they can fit in rather than... Just a few people doing it. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, so Patty, why don't you come on up? And uh, Madison, why don't you come up too? You can go and then pass it off to Madison. Okay. Uh, Kirk stole just a little bit of my thunder. <laughs> but <laughs> um, my, my dot, dot, dot had to do with time. We worked, as Kirk said, with Delmi. Now, our little truck, bus, van, four-wheel drive, wasn't four-wheel drive monster that went on roads that would have challenged a four-wheel drive. Uh, she would meet us at our, where we were camped at 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. To get there, she had to have walked and taken a bus and so probably on the road for a good 45 minutes to an hour before she got to us. And in one morning, she'd actually been to a meeting already before she got to us. And every day, she was dressed impeccably, not fancy, just clean and pressed and newly washed and all the rest of it. Now, she would stay with us all day. She would have lunch with us, she would have dinner with us, and we would drop her off where she would catch a ride sometime in the evening, sometimes as late as 10.30 or 11, to get home. 
and we'd go back to camp and do our debrief and go to bed. Now, I began to wonder, something Jonathan pointed out, is just how you know clean and pressed and ready she was all the time. She was with us for seven days. She didn't get a day off. Some of her job was as a Union Biblica employee, and some of it was as a member of the Solid Evangelical Church. But in both cases, whatever she did, she showed up well prepped. Now take into account that her house gets water twice a week. Their plumbing facilities are an outhouse that you use a bucket to flush. There is not a washing machine that she can plug in and have instant clean clothes. So she's hand washing all of her clothes, hanging them, pressing them, in those few hours between the time we drop her off or she got her ride home, and she meets us the next day. And I get cranky sometimes about having to come to church once in a week for an hour or two. She's living every day, every minute. She is a life example of everything to disciple everyone to Christ. And it just really hit me upside the head that I have a whole lot more time to spend here at church. It doesn't matter if I already have one job or two jobs. It's not a number of jobs. It's what can I do? And what can I do to help make us a vehicle by which people are able to come to Christ? And I think that's it. Um, my dot 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 was that everybody was very friendly in Honduras and um, here in America. If you're like on a bus next to somebody, it's very crowded and they're like, you don't make eye contact or anything. You're like, that's your space, this is my space. And you don't do anything. You don't communicate or anything. You're, you're done. And in Honduras, if you're next to somebody, they're like, hello, how are you and all that. And like, it's just, I like how everybody's very nice. And it, on the last day, on our last debrief, I, uh, we were, I said that it was almost like leaving family because they're all, it's like my second home now. Thank you, Matt. All right, now you're the last one. No more excuses. Um, so mine is going to play off a little bit of what Madison said um, in the sense of uh, family. Um, my time in Honduras awakened me to the importance and the beauty of international relationships. Um, interpersonal relationships even. We, we don't have to go as far as Honduras to, to uh, be together and to help each other and to love each other um, through Christ. Um, and the most powerful moment that sort of got me thinking about that was Jonathan and Christie's relationship with um, a little girl named Stephanie. 
Um, this little girl, uh, her mom died in February of a weird disease, something like lupus, I think is what they were calling it. And, I mean, we all know that Jonathan and Christy have spent a lot of time in Honduras. They lived there for a year and three months. Um, and in that time, they formed this relationship with this woman. Um, and that relationship has carried on to her daughter. And it's, it's like going to see their niece or basically like another one of their kids. Um, and then also, like Kirk mentioned, um, Dummy crying when, when we were leaving. Uh, a lot of people were crying when we were leaving. Um, it just, I, I think it's really important to make those relationships um, outside of our church, um, but also inside of our church to, to be very close with one another. Um, So I'm going to pray now that something that you've heard this morning. Well, the sermon last week was kind of like me going. Yeah, uh, but I'll be happy to keep talking if you want me to. I, I love talking. <laughs> yeah, the whole point of community is really big. Um, you heard it echoed today also, the importance of us in community. I spoke a little last week about the brother, brothers and sisters in Christ and being family. And I've, I tried to push on this a little bit as a church. Um, how, how are we living as family and how are we not living as family? Like who, who in this church do you know well and who do, you, who do you really not know at all? And that's something that we need to work on as a body of faith, as a family of faith. We should at least know each other's names and where they're working or if they're not working, what they're doing with themselves and, and their needs. We at least need to know these things. So thank you. That was last week. If you want to hear a 30-minute talk on what I took from it, just watch the sermon from last week. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is I want to pray as we enter into our self-offering. I want to pray, and we're going we're gonna to give a space for anything that you've heard today that one, at least one thing that you've heard would, would kind of like sink into your brain a little bit. And my, my prayer will be that it haunts you a little bit in the next couple of days. Kind of like uh, with the Christmas carol when Ebenezer, Ebenezer needs to have a few spirits come and, and kind of push them a little bit. My prayer is that you'll be haunted a little bit in the next few days with the experience that your, uh, your friends here from the church were able to have in Honduras and how the Spirit is working on them and so through them, us. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the journey that you put this team on and, and all that you were able to awaken them to see. And We, we hear uh, of this time being something that is changing them individually. But we don't, we don't want that just to sit there. We, we want to be changed as a community of faith. We want to grow as a community of faith, and, and we want to be able to look back and say that uh, we see sprouts of new life coming on the tree of this church uh, in the form of, of new community, in, in the form of, of living with, with less clutter so that we can be serving you a little, little, little tighter in the form of, of realizing that we have people all around the world that we should be calling brothers and sisters, uh, not pushing them away or, or, push, or pushing them down. So, Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit would give us uh, at least one 
at least one nugget, at least one thought, at least one image uh, from this morning so that as we continue on these next couple of days, we'll continue to ponder and think about what it is you're calling us to do and be as a community of faith, as Canoga Park Press. And Lord, I want to finish by continuing to pray for people that you're calling to be a part of this community of faith. As we come into the next chapter of this church, the next, next phase of its life, Lord, we pray for your continued renewal and transformation of all that we do, the space in which we worship, the way in which we worship, the, the community that we have in the evenings through life fellowship groups or, or events, uh, and the ways that we're growing in, in terms of a, a new family ministry for our children, for youth, for, for spouses. So, Lord, I pray that for the people we need, the gifts that these people might have to continue building what we have here for your kingdom, Lord, I pray that you would give us, give us the grace to, to offer hospitality and shalom to anyone that you would bring to this place. The harvest is bountiful, but the workers are few. So we pray, Lord, that you send out workers. We pray this in your name, Jesus Christ.